Alberta was reading that passage from Revelation chapter 5, I believe, and that's something we have to look forward to, to be part of that. The Lord is worthy, amen. Pray you had a wonderful Thanksgiving. We're here to worship the Lord this morning. I want you, if you would, to turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 19. Let's read this together. Wherefore, let, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. I want to talk to you this morning about not being afraid to commit your life to Christ fully. Don't be afraid to surrender everything to Jesus. We're told right here that we're to commit our, our souls, the keeping of our souls. Who can keep our souls? Who can keep us where we're supposed to be and how we're supposed to be? Keep it, we're to commit the keeping of our souls to him, to the Lord, in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. He's a faithful God, and we can trust him. God wants you to know this morning, you don't need to be afraid to serve him. You don't need to be afraid to surrender everything to God. The Bible tells us we're to fear him and live. Fear God and live. Fear God and live. But don't, don't be afraid to surrender everything to the Lord Jesus Christ. I just want to read this. You know, the Lord Jesus in Revelation uh, chapters 2 and 3, he's dealing with seven churches, right? The seven churches in Asia. And when he gets to the church of Smyrna, he does not have a rebuke for them, but he tells them that you're going you're gonna to suffer. He, gets, he talks about a specific persecution that they were going to go through, and he encourages them. The Lord tells them, you're going to go through this. But he tells them, fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. I want to talk to you this morning about not being afraid, and not being afraid to serve God, and not be afraid to surrender all to the Lord. That we can take ours ourselves and all that we are and have and all of our future and all that belongs to us and we could commit it to the Lord for his keeping the committing of our souls to him and well keeping as unto a faithful creator don't be afraid of losing something for the Lord don't be afraid of losing everything for the Lord even our very lives Paul said in, in Philippians chapter 1 he said, for me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. So it's a win-win for someone that's born again and knows it and is walking with the Lord, walking with the Lord, surrendered to the Lord. For me to live is Christ. If God's will that I continue to live longer, then I'll continue to live longer. And it's a life, Christ is my life. And my life is hid with, with Christ in God. And if I die, then I'm going to go be with the Lord. And that's a gain for me. That's a gain for me. He's not afraid of losing something. For what we gain in return is far greater than what, what we surrender to the Lord. Whatever you're trying to hang on to, God's saying it's not worth it. If you knew what I was going to give you, if you knew the gift of God, the Lord told the woman at the well, right? If you knew the gift of God and who it was that was talking to you, you'd ask of me for living water and I would give it to you. We need to know what God has for us and not be afraid to surrender everything to the Lord. The Bible says in Romans chapter 8, For he that spared not his own son, but offered him up for us all, how, she, how shall he also not with him freely give us all things? We don't have to be afraid to surrender to the Lord, for what we re receive in return is far greater. That's faith. Faith lays hold on that. Amen? Faith believes that. From the word of God, we believe it. I want to read this. 
uh, from Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. I'm going to go ahead and read it. Paul said, but what things were gained to me. Now, he had, what he was talking about, he had just talked about his life before Jesus, his life B.C., before coming to Christ. And he was a Pharisee of Pharisees of the tribe of Benjamin. As touching the law, the Pharisees blameless and so forth, and the righteousness of the law. He, was, he had all this in this life before. And he says, but what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, I, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Three times he talks about all things, right? And do count them but dung that I may win Christ. He's not afraid to give it up for the Lord. He esteems them and values them now as being dung or being nothing. I've already counted it as loss for Christ. This is all I have. It's the pearl of great price where the man sells all that he has and goes and buys that one pearl of great price. And you say, well, you're, you're foolish to do such a thing as that. Not to him. Not foolish to him. Because that's what he was saying. He was a man seeking goodly pearls. And he found the pearl that he'd been looking for. And he sold everything to have that. You can't tell him he's a fool. That's what he wanted. We found Christ and we have the Lord. And to forsake all to have Christ, you, the world may look at us as a fool, but the Lord says that's a wise man. Amen. Don't be afraid to commit yourself fully to the Lord and to lose all for his sake. And I want to tell you something here as well this morning that God would have us to lay hold on. Decide early on in your walk with the Lord. Decide early on in your walk with the Lord, in the onset of the beginning, to, to surrender all to the Lord. Don't wait as you go through life and things start getting roots in you. Things of the world start getting, uh, you get attached to them and you, it's hard to, to part with them. Decide early on to surrender all to the Lord. Paul had already decided. He lived that life. Now he found Christ, or rather Christ found him. And he says, that world is dung, and that life is dung, and all that went with it compared to the Lord. I gladly give that. Decide early on in your, Lord, in your walk with God. Decide now or today in your walk with Christ <clears throat> to count it all. That means simply to esteem it all or value all of that outside of Christ as loss now for the Lord. Now, here's the thing about the Lord. God doesn't, we give it all to God. He doesn't necessarily take it all. In the sense, he doesn't also, all take it out of our hands. You understand what I'm saying? He still allows us to enjoy things. We are stewards of what God has given us. But again, the message this morning, don't be afraid to surrender all to the Lord. Surrender it all to God. He may and probably will allow you to keep some of your things. He doesn't take every possession from your hands. But you can place it all in his nail-scarred hands right now. And then whatever he gives us back, he gives us back. Dedicate it to the Lord. Dedicate it to the Lord early on. Early on is like now when the Lord's dealing with you about it, right? Don't, don't well, in a few years, when I get out of college, when I get out of this or that, the kids get grown, I'm through paying for their private education. What, we always have these things, these marks down the road. God is saying now, today, well, it's called today. Amen. we talked about that last week. Surrender to the Lord. Hannah, you know, that's in the Old Testament, Hannah, she didn't have a child. She was barren, and she went into the, the uh, tabernacle and began to pray. And she prayed that, Lord, if you would not forget your handmaid and you'll remember 
the affliction of your handmaid, and if you'll hear the cry of your handmaid, and you'll bless me with a man-child, a man, a son, I'm going to give him back to you and dedicate him to God all the days of his life. He was already given to the Lord before he was even born. And the Lord blessed her with his son Samuel, and she did. She dedicated him back to God, but it's so much better early on. And the, the flip side of that is even as Christians, we, we can live in fear of losing something. We're, we're afraid we're going to lose something. We're afraid God's going to require something of us that we don't want to give up. Wouldn't it be better instead to just go ahead and give it to him now? To give everything to the Lord now and not have to wait till some point later when, when it, the roots have gotten into you even deeper? There's a great liberty in doing that, by the way. I can't say that I've arrived there, but I am saying there's a great liberty and in, in a freedom and having already dedicated everything to God. You can't touch me anymore. It's all God's. You saw, you know, again, Paul in prison more than once in his life, right up to the time he's beheaded. But it, it, to him, for him to live as Christ and to die is gain. It's already given to God. And think about it also, what do you have? This is taught in the scriptures, by the way. What do we have that we didn't receive? We received it from God, right? Give it back to the Lord. We're stewards. That's where as a stewards that, that he's allowed us to enjoy or to be in charge of things that he's given us in this life. But place it in his hands now. Dedicate it for the Lord and for his use now. Give it freely to the Lord now. And don't live in fear of losing it someday. God may require this of me someday. You know what happens? And I, I, can, I can speak to this, okay? We live in fear that one day God may take this from me. I'm a Christian, but I live in fear that God may one day take this from me or require this of me to give it up. And so what happens? I live in fear all of my days because I think one day God may require this of me. So I live in fear all of my days and all of my years because one day this might happen. I believe there's oftentimes there's a gloom. I would call it a gloom that people have. Even Christians have and non-Christians have it as well. There's this fear of this unknown in the future, this overall uh, darkness and gloom, this overall perception that things are not going to be good in the future. Things are, uh, we don't see our future, how things are going to turn out, even as Christians. We know we're going to heaven one day, but between now and then, I think there's this overall gloom sometimes uh, that we're just not looking forward to our future and even our future with the Lord. There's this dread that someday something may come our way that, that we don't like is going to be very costly. God wants us to surrender to him now. Jesus came to deliver them, he says, who all their lifetimes were subject to bondages and lived in fear all their lives. Hebrews chapter 2. All their lives subject to fear and bondage. Bondage. He wants to bring us out of that. You think something's going to happen down the road that our good God that we love and that saved us and died on the cross for us, he's going to take something. He's going to take my children from me. He's going to take something from me down the road. And so all of our days and years, we live in fear of that. It may happen, it may not, but can I tell you that the fear is real nonetheless? 
The fear is real nonetheless. Job said this. Now, we knew it was a righteous man that loved God and shunned evil. But he said when, when these, these trials and, and things happened to his children and his possessions, he said, for the thing which I greatly feared has come upon me. So he had, he had lived in fear of this. And it actually took place in his life. And that which I was afraid of has come unto me. Sometimes I, I believe that, that we live that way. And instead of living in fear and dread, and it's so much better just to surrender everything to God early on of your own choice. As your child, Lord, I'm your child. I belong. I'm your purchased possession. I'm surrendering all of this to you. We know that that's not from the Lord, that fear. There's a f- only fear we're to have is a healthy fear of God, okay? I say that all the time. A holy, it is a fear. It's a holy, reverential fear of Almighty God. Like when John fell at his feet, right? When he turned around and see the vo- voice that spoke to him in Revelation 1. But we're not to fear, live in fear of our shadow and tomorrow and what about this and what about that and we're afraid. Just this overall gloom. And if you say, what are you afraid of? We don't even know. Just this overall gloom. You know, we put on a smile and we love Jesus and Jesus loves us. And we, but there's this, this dread about the future. It is of no benefit to us. Fear does you no good, okay? Which of you by worrying can take one, uh, taking thought can add one cubit to his stature? We cannot, okay? We ought to trust the Lord. He hasn't given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Amen? We live in fear. It's mine now, but one day God's going to take it from me. We think that of the Lord sometimes. God's going to require that of me. And so we live in a dread about that. What if we counted it all for loss right now? What if really by faith between us and God... We already surrendered it to God and counted it as lost now. And dedicated it to God like Hannah did her son Samuel that she didn't even have yet. If you give me a son, I'm going to dedicate him back to you. And she did. When she was old enough, the baby was old enough to be apart from the mother, she brought him to Eli and to the temple. He raised up and God used him as one of the greatest prophets ever. Samuel and anointed David to be king and so forth. Why not give it all to the Lord now. This is interesting when I think about Paul. There was nothing after the after he came to Christ and what we read like in Philippians, that man, that new man, Paul. There was nothing that God could have required of him that Paul had not already given to him. That's where I said this liberty and freedom. Doesn't mean he was perfect, doesn't mean he was sinless, it never doesn't mean he never had a struggle. But I believe in, in reality that this man there's nothing that God could have come along with the next day and say, Paul, I'm going to require your, your life now. You know what Paul said when he was getting ready to go uh, back to Jerusalem? And the, all the, the people that loved him and other believers said, oh, Paul, don't go back. We've heard that people are waiting there. They're going to kill you when you go back to Jerusalem. You know what he said? But none of those things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy. In the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. None of those things affected him or moved. Well, well, Paul, you know, God is going to require this of you. He's going to take your health away. He's going to do this. He's None of those things moved him. Neither counted on, count on myself, my life dear unto myself. I got one thing in mind. I want to finish what the Lord has called me to do. 
and testify the gospel, the grace of God. Amen? And so when it's already dedicated to him, I think about sometimes, you know, we, we, we look in the Bible at the rich young ruler. That's not a parable, by the way. That was really a human being. That was a real man, a young man who was very wealthy. And he comes to Jesus one day because he sees him doing the miracles and hears the words that he's preaching. And he's attracted to that. And he knows there's something special about Jesus. And he comes and he says, good master, what must I do to have eternal life? And he says, uh, there's none good but God. Why do you call me good? And he says, you know, what do the scriptures say? Uh, you know, honor your mother and father and so forth. Don't commit adultery and murder and so forth. He goes, I've done all that. I've done all that from my youth up. And I believe he had. I believe he had walked in, in the righteousness of the law the best he could. But Jesus said, you lack one thing. Go sell all that you have, give it to the poor, and come follow me, and you'll have treasure in heaven. So it's all laid out there for him, right? Sell everything you have, go give it to the poor, come with me, follow me like Paul did, okay? And you're going to have treasures in heaven. And here it is, the, the, the choice literally of a lifetime, right there before him. And he makes his choice, and he turns and walks away, and the Bible says he went away sad. Went back to his riches, but he didn't go back to his riches happy. They had a hold on him. They had a hold on him. I wonder right now, I know it's not possible, if you and I were to ask the rich young ruler right now today, was it worth it? Was it worth it what you did? That choice you made, was it worth it? I wonder what he would say. Jesus had 70 disciples, 58 of them in John chapter 6, turn and walk no more with him. Was it worth it? Whatever you went back to, was it worth it? If you could ask him right now. The Bible says, Paul says, Demas loved the, this present world and departed. Demas, I'm going to ask, call him up right now. Is it, is it, was it worth it, Demas? You loved this present world and you departed. You were in, and you departed. Was it, is it worth it, Demas? Do you, you make the right choice? Judas Iscariot sold the Lord for 30 pieces of silver and went and hanged himself. Was it worth it, Judas? We often value what we shouldn't value, and we, also, we often don't value what we should value. You know the only things thing or things that we can truly keep, you and I as human beings, only things we can truly keep and possess are the things that are fully dedicated to God. It's the only thing you'll keep. What is fully and completely dedicated to the Lord, genuinely, that's what you'll keep. That's what you'll have. Don't be afraid to give all to him. And to go ahead and do it now, today, as I said, while it's called today, count it as belonging to the Christ now. Because you know what? It does belong to him. It's his. What do we have that we didn't receive? Well, I work hard for this. Well, who gave you the ability to work hard? The Bible says God gives you the power to get wealth. You didn't do it because you're so cool and, and, and cunning and smart and did so well on the ACT or whatever. What do we have that we didn't receive? Can I tell you, it's better to give it all to the Lord now. It's already his. Give it to him. Look at it, count it, and value it as being his. 
It is his. And you'll get it back in the end. Amen? You'll get back what's truly dedicated to, to God. Your children. I start right with this one. That's where the Lord started with Abraham, right? Started right with Isaac. Your children. You strive to keep them. You fear losing them. Can I tell you, to put them in God's hands now, in love and in wisdom and in the power of the Holy Ghost, train them up in the way that they should go in the Lord. Uncompromisingly, train them up in the Lord. That's the only way to keep them. Pray that they'll know God and serve God with all their hearts. And guess what? You'll have them forever. Because you'll be in heaven and they'll be in heaven with you. How long? Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. You fear losing them. Put them in God's hands now. Now. Put them in God's hands now. See that they know Christ. Everything that's within you, make sure they know the Lord and walk with the Lord. I'll move to something else. What else should we dedicate to God? Everything. Possessions. Your home. Your money. Your cars. Your lifestyle that goes with your level of wealth. Give it to God. Trust Him to provide for you. Well, if I give it to God, I won't have enough. If you don't give it to God, you won't have enough. Give it to God. Trust God to provide for you and your family. Isn't not one of his names? Didn't Abraham learn this? Jehovah Jireh. The Lord will provide. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You fear losing it, your possessions. You fear having, not having enough for tomorrow. You lie awake at night and think about it and worry about it. I'm saying this because I've done it before. Inflation. All these things are real, but God doesn't want us to live in fear of those things. He wants us to trust him. He wants us to be still and know that he's God. He wants us to dedicate those things to God. Then guess what? You won't fear losing them. You won't be afraid to give somebody money if God leads you because it's already, it was all his anyway. Somebody needs some money. Somebody needs some help. Somebody needs this. You, oh, if I give it to them, I won't have enough. If it's all God's anyway, then give it. You won't be living fear of doing that. That you're not going to have enough. Trust him. You know what every one of those things are? They're tests. They're tests from God to our faith. Of our faith. Possessions and things and, and so forth. Uh, without fail, I can say this. So when we try to keep it, we're going to lose it. When you try to keep it, you're going to lose it. Wilt thou set that, thine eyes upon that which is not? For riches certainly make themselves wings, they fly away as an eagle towards heaven. There goes my riches, right? But I worked for that. I set my heart upon that, and there they go. There go my riches and everything that goes with it. Haggai says, you have sown much and bring in little. You eat, but you have not enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe you, but there is none warm. And he that earneth wages, earneth wages to put into a bag with holes. Can you imagine? You're working, working, working. I'm going to stuff it in this bag over here. And the bag's got holes in it. It's going out the other end. Washing down the drain somewhere. This is biblical. That's what the Bible says. 
when you try to have more and have more and you set your heart and mind upon it, you're certainly going to lose it. Nothing wrong with being wealthy. There's nothing wrong with working hard and enjoying the fruit of your labor, but it's all God's. It's all God's. It's God's before I started when I had a little, and it's all God's when I have a lot, and I really mean it. It's really his. It's a great test of our faith. Amen? What else should we give all to the Lord? And don't be afraid to give it all to the Lord. My time. Well, if I give this much time for so-and-so, I won't have enough time. That's a big one, isn't it? I won't have enough time for me, for my family, for these other things. The me time and the things I need to do. Give it all to God. Give it all to the Lord. Give it all to the Lord. And it won't be a bother when somebody needs help moving furniture. It's all his. Well, I was going to watch football all day, but they need help moving furniture. This is my me time. I need this time. Lord, you know I need this time, and I'm under stress. He goes, I want you to go help so-and-so. But it, you understand the point? If it's all God's anyway... I'm not saying we do things not being led by the Spirit, nor do we give our money away contrary to the leading of the Holy Ghost. I'm saying that if it's all His anyway, whatever He does require won't be too much, including our time, because it was all His anyway. Our friends, our reputation among men. If I really live for the Lord, a holy lifestyle sold out to the Lord, I'm not going to have any friends anymore, because my friends aren't living that way. Give them to God. Amen? Put them in God's hands. Our Lord made himself of no reputation. Well, people are going to think I'm weird. People, I won't have a reputation among men like I did before. So what? So what? You have a reputation in heaven. Our Lord made himself of no reputation. We fear losing these things. We want to hang on to all these things and more. We think maybe there's some way I can... Have all my stuff or at least the stuff that I want to keep for myself and serve God too. You can't do it. Not according to this word right here. According to this right here, we surrender all to the Lord. Not part, not the things we want to. The more we struggle to gain and have and keep in this temporal life, the more we're going to lose. Know it. This is wisdom from the Lord, okay? It's not Randy's wisdom. This is wisdom from the scriptures and from the word of God. You lust and have not. You kill and desire to have and cannot obtain. But oh, we want it. Give it to God. Give it all to God. Your time, your life, your health, your finances, your home, your children. Give it all. Your spouse, give them, give it all to the Lord. How much sweeter, and I'm bringing this to a close, but how much sweeter to freely place it all in his hands now. Just where I bring it to God. Instead of him trying to rip it out of my hands or the roots that have grown deep in me and I can't bear to part with it, how much better to give it to God now? You've got to have to trust the Lord, and so am I. And lay it at the feet of the cross, the foot of the cross, and say, Lord, help me. I'm giving them to you, but help me. He'll help you. He'll help you to do it. Place it in his hands now of my own free will. Choose as your own choice to surrender it all to the Lord by faith. Isn't that so much better? And God having to require it of you when you could, have, you could have given it way back here and it would have been easier. And now you've waited all these years and he's going to try to take it and requires it of you. And you've been afraid of losing it and been sheltering it and hanging on to it. No, God, no. Don't take it from me. How about just give it all to the Lord now? Joyfully. 
by faith, a free will offering. You know, Moses surrendered all in this life because the Bible says by faith he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. You know that, what that means? It means he believed what God had for him future was far better than the treasures of Egypt and the pleasures of sin for a season. There is pleasure in sin. It is only for a season, okay? It's only for a season. Instead of living in fear that I may lose something, or instead of living in fear that God may one day require it of me and take it from me, why don't we surrender it all to the Lord now and count it all as his now anyway? Where he doesn't have to prior. That's what Corey Timboom said, right? You, you probably, Corey Timboom from the hiding place. And um, she was a believer. And she said she had learned to hang on to things in this life very loosely. Because it didn't hurt, it wouldn't hurt so much when God had to prior fingers off of it. And that woman knew about it too. If you know her life and her story. I'm not speaking to you as one that's perfected. I'm speaking to you one that's saying this is the truth. We need to hear it. We need to believe it. I'm going to bring this to a close. But God required Abraham to give up Isaac. But he gave him back to him. Right? All the roots were out, though. No little tiny roots, no big tap root, nothing. Isaac, I love Isaac. But God is first where he should be. And I'm dedicating him to the Lord. He still had his son and got to enjoy his son. God gave him back to him. You know, when, when Abraham and his nephew Lot, God was blessing them, and there wasn't enough room for all their cattle and sheep and everything, and their herdsmen were fighting with each other, and Abraham said, look, this isn't of God. Look, Lot, we're up on this hilltop. Whichever way you choose. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. We're going to separate, get a little space between us. You go to the, the right, I'll go to the left. Whatever you choose. Now, remember, he, the promise has been made to him. And he gives this man, he gave it up. You, you take what you want. Pick, pick it. Pick whatever place you want. Lot, Lot says, that looks like a real fertile, wet valley down there. Good for cattle. I'm going to choose that. Abraham says, fine. Take it. You say, well, that's not fair. You're the older one. You're the one God's made the promise to. Give it. And God says, Abraham, come over here. I want you to look to the north and the south and the west. In the east, he says, it's all yours. Everything is yours. We need to give it to God. You need to surrender it to the Lord. Hudson Taylor got on a boat to China, not knowing if he'd ever see his mother again. Amy Carmichael left a fiancé and a family of wealth in Ireland to go die in India, serving the Lord. Two young Moravians got on a ship and waved goodbye to their family, and they were going for life. Not a two-year mission trip. I've been on the two-week mission trips. I'm no missionary. I've been on week and 10-day mission trips. They sold themselves as slaves. They sold themselves and paid the price because the guy on the boat wouldn't even take them there if they didn't pay their way. Here's some money. Take it. And we're selling ourselves as slaves to go to the West Indies Islands to preach to the slaves there. We're going to live there and die there as slaves because they didn't nobody else will bring the gospel to them. Bye, Mom. 
left all that behind. It's almost like a fairy tale, like you, you can only believe it. But the only thing we need to fear, y'all, fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer, Jesus told that church in Smyrna. Don't be afraid to give it all to God. Don't be afraid to lose it all for the Lord. I was thinking this as I was studying and praying. The only thing I should be afraid of is whatever's in me, or I guess hate would be whatever's in me that keeps me from surrendering all to the Lord. What is it that's fighting in me to keep me from freely giving it to God? That's what I need to deal with. Amen? To where it's all His. I'm going to close with this scripture. D, you can come. The disciples said, Lord, we, what are we going to have? We've given all to follow you. And they had. They'd given and surrendered to the Lord. Jesus said in Matthew 19, And every one that had forsaken houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake shall receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. Is it worth it? You better believe it. Rich young ruler, did you make the right choice? No, I was afraid to give up my wealth. Did you make the right choice? Oh, no, I didn't. I didn't. Y'all stand with me this morning. The altars are open. I think you understand what the altar, what the message is, what God is bringing to our body this morning, to our church. Let's come to these altars and mean business with the Lord. Ask him for help to strengthen you, to surrender. Father, we come before you in Jesus' name. God, I don't at all see myself like Hudson Taylor or Amy Carmichael or those two young Moravians, oh God. Lord, I pray you'd help us as your people to surrender and not be afraid to do it, God.